Are you accepting it? No, of course no. not. Rubbish. The government is not accepting it. Well, Welcome to Two Grumpy Hacks, the podcast. I'm Malcolm Farr, and of course, we're with Dennis Atkins. And this is the year of the fire hose of falsehood. Hello, and welcome to number 21 of the Grump podcast. Dennis Scott Morrison this week is off on a visit to Britain, France, and Singapore, and these are Legitimate work destination. It's not a not a holiday, and face to face talks can produce benefits which zooming can't. But I will bet Scott Morrison has a bout of what I call statesmanitis. Most prime ministers on their first major overseas expedition to multiple countries get a touch of it. He's more susceptible than most. I would suggest it comes from all the ceremonial deference. The kilometres of red carpet and the proximity to genuine power. It might lead a Prime Minister to think, I'm not just a domestic tryhard who doesn't know whether it's a race or not a race. Uh, I'm a statesman. How do you think he'll handle this all? Oh, I think he'll, he'll sort of do his best. It's going to be an interesting exercise. Um, his first stop is going to be in Britain, where he's going to the G7 as a guest of the British Prime Minister. Um, the the G7 is being held in Cornwall, um, and it's been picked by the British government because the area around Cornwall is the centre of um, uh, Britain's green economy. Um, the, a lot of their big renewable uh, manufacturing industries are there uh and um you know sort of most of most of the little towns in cornwall are, are powered by wind uh, um biomass and whatever uh, wave and etc so uh you know there, there will be a big focus on that but um i think scott morrison will be less interested in that side of uh, the discussion and more interested in the main topic of discussion at the G7, which is about uh, the importance of the health system uh, in a pandemic. And uh, I think he'll be sort of puffing his chest up and, and saying, how good is Australia? Oh, I think, I think you're dead right. There'll be a certain amount of, uh, uh, of boasting about what's happening here. Not so much about his record on uh, distributing vaccinations, uh, I think he'll be relatively subdued on that front. But Australia's economic recovery and uh, the the relatively small number of serious outbreaks of COVID so far, and that may be, we hope they continue. I was struck a bit when he said in a speech a couple of days ago that, uh, uh, you know, there was an Australian way of doing it, an Australian way of, uh, of these achievements. And he, he said... I call it the Frank Sinatra approach. Now, uh, th this is a reference to my way. So to talk about, to promote Australia's uh, uh, handling the pandemic, he, he quoted a song written by an American uh, and sung by an American. But uh, I think we know where he was getting. Um, uh, uh, and he, he will make as much political capital out of this visit as he can. Uh, I think that's his natural instinct, isn't it? 
Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, he yeah he will. Um, I mean, it, yeah, it will be interesting for him, and and uh, yeah, he, he will be a bit player in Cornwall. You know, he, he'll be on the sidelines. He's not. He hasn't got a speaking role. He hasn't. He doesn't participate in any of the formal discussions of the G seven. Um, uh, but you know, it, it will be his first uh, you know, go at the conference that the conferences since late 2019, these international conferences, uh, as, as it will be for most of these other world leaders, most of them have been Zooming for the last 12 months. And um, Scott Morrison has had one face-to-face -face international encounter with the new uh, Japanese Prime Minister, Mr Sugo, uh, just after he was elected in November, or just after he was elected, Last year, he saw him just after the US elections in November last year. Um, so, you know, he'll meet him again. Uh, I mean, interestingly, uh, three of the leaders there are actually facing elections within the next 12 months. Um, uh, Sugo's facing one, Macron from France is facing one, and the Germans are facing one, although Angela Merkel won't be uh, the person putting her hand up. But, um, uh, you know, they, they'll be, uh, I'm sure, all seeking to get some political capital for their own teams back home. But Scott Morrison will be, um, you know, uh, trying to get his, you know, he'll be photobombing, I think, is probably the, a bit of di <laughs> dip, di diplomatic photobombing in Cornwall. Uh, um, he could be put on the spot, though, uh, if the discussion does uh, come around to... Um, climate change and, and the push for um, net zero emissions by 2050 and uh, and even bigger cuts in the short term by 2030. Do you think he'll uh, uh, just get up and, uh, you know, sort of do some karaoke Frank Sinatra or do you think he'll, he'll uh, be a bit more meaningful? Uh, we can hope he doesn't uh, pull a Frank uh, at some evening event in front of a microphone. Um, and it would be interesting. Look, there's this assumption that he will, of course, have a chat with Joe Biden, the US president, you know, on the margins, but still a face-to-face -face, uh, talk with him. And that could be embarrassing on the very subject that uh, you've raised on climate change measures, because it would seem that President Biden uh, is more keen on action, uh, direct action, than is Prime Minister Morrison. Uh, it, it, it would be a very, very um, uh, interesting uh, uh, conversation to eavesdrop on. Now, it's assumed that the two will meet. I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen. We'll just have to wait and see. But uh, I, I think that Scott Morrison will be more reticent on climate change action than some of his, uh, uh, some of his uh, senior colleagues who have a direct seat at the table at the G7. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, I, I actually think that the, probably the, the, the encounter of greater interest and also uh, certainly of, of greater depth will be with Boris Johnson. Um, uh, you know, Johnson as host will, will uh, um, be keen to talk to Scott Morrison. He'll be keen to talk to him about a trade deal, which I think they'll probably... Uh, sign while while Morrison is in Cornwall uh, but if you if you have a look at the conversations I've had uh, over the phone 
in the lead up to this G7, um, Boris Johnson has, has not stopped pushing Scott Morrison to come out early with a firm commitment to um, uh, uh, getting Australia down to net zero uh, emissions by 2050. Uh, and in the last conversation, which was just a few weeks ago, um, you know, Boris Johnson said that uh, you know he 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 really urged Scott Morrison to to say something, to come out with something, not just before the uh, conference, the UN conference on on climate change in Glasgow at the end of the year, but before this one in Cornwall. Uh, I don't think that uh, Scott Morrison is is of any mind to. Uh, uh, to do it Boris's way, uh, you know, he, he is going to he is going to stick to the Frank Sinatra songbook. Um, but you know, the, uh, it will be interesting to see if if there is any any real um, public tension or whether they'll they'll keep it sort of um, you know behind closed doors. Yeah, as I say, it is a, a legitimate series of uh, talks he'll be having. It'll be interesting to see how he performs there. Now, in terms of domestic policy. He's, he's performed uh, pretty well in terms of the economy. It's coming back um, with great gusto. Uh, and employment is improving. And there's still some areas that uh, are yet to come in, on wage growth, etc., and um, a uh, reduction in, in, in part-time employment or, or you know, uh, by people who want to, uh, want to spend more hours at work. But things are doing well, and suddenly, out of the blue, he has a special deal for workers in Victoria who might have been affected by the lockdown and not earning money. Uh, and he had to be driven there rather uh, vigorously by the Victorian government and Victorian public opinion, because Scott Morrison and Treasurer Josh Frydenberg have always argued they wouldn't have any uh, state-specific. Uh, programs of spending during the coronavirus uh, and they've had to do it for Korea. One reason being that based on 2019 election figures, there are, there are something like seven marginal government seats in Victoria. Uh, now, that could have changed, of course, since uh, that 2019 election. Two, two of those seats include um, those of Greg Hunt, the health minister, and Josh Frydenberg's seat. One would have Assume that they're uh, they've uh, they've improved their standing within their electorate since then, but it's been interesting. I, I, I found it interesting, and, and I know that you are not a huge fan of Question Time, but just watching the four Question Times this week, there have been some some folks who have had multiple appearances, backbenchers asking questions. Uh, Gladys uh, Lou, the um, the member for uh, uh, for, for Chisholm, uh, she pops up uh, pretty uh, regularly. Uh, and uh, oh, the, the, uh, Katrina uh, Allen, the member for Higgins, she uh, uh, often gets a Gurndy. But I'll tell you one thing that, that interests me, and you might be able to tell me why. One bloke who turned up on each of the four question times asking a question from the back bench is Philip Thompson, the member for Herbert. You can't get much further from Melbourne than Herbert, which is based in uh, uh, Townsville. Why is he? Uh, yeah, so uh, popular as a, as a question asker. Is it because as a former military chap, he obeys orders? But what, what's the attraction of Mr Thompson, do you think? 
uh, he's in a marginal seat and um, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the LNP are worried about uh, their seats in the Queensland. Um, I, I actually think they're, they're more worried than they possibly need to be. But um, you know, then again, you know, someone uh, uh, who watches Queensland politics really, really closely reminded me that the LNP got the state election here incredibly wrong last year they misread it from you know one end of the state to the other and they particularly misread it in the regions uh, now if um, the impact of Anastasia Palaszczuk uh, is is uh, has got any endurance in in the regions in Queensland uh, she could actually give Labor a bit of a lift in some of those coastal seats if that's happening then Perhaps the LNP is right to be worried. Um, uh, I mean, people who who I know who who have been travelling up and down between uh, Townsville and and um, uh, and Gladstone um, told me that uh, you know while there mightn't be a great deal of enthusiasm for Anthony Albanese, there is still enormous affection for Anastasia Palaszczuk, and and they think that. Uh, uh, she can be a force and she has decided, she's made a very uh, conscious decision to um, take the fight up to Scott Morrison. She didn't like being pushed around by him most of last year. She didn't like him coming up here and campaigning for the LNP for uh, you know more than a week uh, during her election campaign and she wants to return uh, some of the, uh, the, uh, the sort of uh, the what she sees as um, um, uh, bad form that he he displayed then, uh, and and I think that uh, she can do him a, a bit of electoral damage. So you know that's why you'll see people like um, uh, uh, the guy from Townsville turn up, and maybe he just uh, he just wants people to uh, pay attention to the state of origin next week. Who knows. <laughs> Which Queensland will win, of course. But look, if, if, that's very interesting what you were just saying. And if you take the question time index as any indication of of how vulnerable uh, the government thinks some seats are, can I just point out that the, uh, the Nationals, Patrick Conaghan, in the seat of Cowper in New South Wales, got three Guernseys out of four days, uh, as did um, Melissa McIntosh in the seat of Lindsay. She got three out of the four days as well. There might be some fretting over those seats. Or it might just be they're very good at saying, are you aware of any alternative approaches? <laughs> oh, dear, I'm getting sick of that. Um, mm. So we'll see how uh, Statesman Scott goes. Uh, and uh, it, it'll be a fascinating um, series of encounters, I would argue. Until And we'll, re we'll tell you what we think about that uh, next week. Until then... It's goodbye from him. Yes, yes, yes. We hope so. We we we've been having some problems. I just want to point out with uh, uh, our um, uh, our podcast app, and uh, we hope to fix those pretty quickly. Uh, if services are interrupted, um, uh, please excuse us and be patient. But uh, <laughs> we will do our best to uh, to to do our best. Uh, and it's goodbye from me. <laughs>